From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Uh, Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Of course, with us tonight, our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, and uh, some wonderful guests, some new friends who are going to introduce you uh, to tonight. And you know, Elaine, uh, sometimes as, as we blow through Scripture, you know, in, in our reading, we can stop on things about trials and tribulations, and we can stop on things about being content, mm-hmm. and uh, and intellectually we can get our heads around that. But uh, when major stuff happens in our lives, that's when you have to get your heart around Scripture, and and find out what the Apostle Paul and what James and and others uh, really really had in mind. And tonight, friends. Uh, we're going to explore that. We're going to plumb the depths of what it means really to find your peace and uh, in Jesus Christ and, uh, and and to find out how he really ministers to us in, in such a deep way in times of trouble. So we look forward to that in a couple of minutes. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Challenge for Jesus Freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. G.K. Chesterton was a prolific writer, theologian, and champion for the common man. His writings exposed the scientific atheism and moral relativism taking root in the early 20th century and even pointed a young atheist named C.S. Lewis to Christianity. This quote from Chesterton captures what it means to be a Jesus freak. Jesus promised his disciples three things, that they would be completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble. So how about you? As a disciple of Christ, are you fearless, happy, and in constant trouble? For more challenges from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. <laughs> I, I chose that specifically uh, for this uh, this season. And, uh, and, and you know, friends, as uh, I've... I've Talk to uh, young pastors entering the the ministry, and I'm talking to people that want to go into full time vocational ministry. I tell them, you know, be content with where you are, and and if you can minister where God has planted you, uh, you know, when when you when you put it out there and you say, okay, I'm going to dedicate my life to full time vocational ministry, that's what you're signing on for. Uh, you're signing on to be fearless and to experience some happy times that, that are just amazing, but also to experience trouble on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. 
ministry is messy. Effective ministry is tremendously messy because if it ain't messy, the enemy's not attacking you and not much is happening. And so when God's using you in a powerful way, there's, I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. Lane, we've been just studying that recently. You know, he's uh, ministering to the Galatians, carrying the good news of the gospel as there's this outbreak in Jerusalem. And what, what happens to him? He's arrested, thrown in prison, beat up, left outside the city gates for dead. And uh, through all of that, wow, look what, look what God uh, did through him. So it's, it's not something to be fearful of, but also to, to understand uh, we're, we're not called just to be happy all our lives. We're, we're called to follow Christ and allow uh, God to use us in a very pol- powerful way through our trials and tribulations to minister uh, to others. And uh, so anyway, some great advice there from Voice of the Martyrs. We thank them for that uh, wonderful uh, reminder. By the way, I'm not advocating not going into full-time vocational ministry. I'm just saying, man, you better open your eyes and know yes. what you're signing up yes. for. All right, let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Those states opposed to the recently passed health care reform bill got a boost from a federal judge this last week. You see, a Virginia judge ruled that a lawsuit by Virginia's attorney general challenging this massive federal legislation may in fact go forward. The court denied the federal government's motion to dismiss the case. But the main issue has to do with the invoking of the Commerce Clause to compel Americans to buy health insurance. Needless to say, this federal ruling gives encouragement to the several states and others, including Pacific Justice Institute, that have filed lawsuits to block this purportedly unconstitutional legislation. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. By the way, Elaine, just wanted to mention, uh, for those of you listening live tonight, happy start of school yes, to all of us I with school that. children. My, 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 uh, my children, <laughs> my children are in, in Great Depression uh, today oh, no. because school starts tomorrow. And uh, just at a meeting with a principal of a school and things are again under. And I love the fall. The fall is, is my favorite season. And, uh, I didn't mean the fall in the garden, Al. You know, no. the, yeah, I meant the fall, the season <laughs> of the fall. And it's just. Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to enjoy my summer. You're, you're, well, I know August. the summer well, went Al, by. you're right. He's kind of hurrying yeah, please, things please, a little. Yeah. Thanksgiving's, Thanksgiving's already. Yeah, it's still over. Yeah, that that's right. And uh, you know, the celebration of the birth of Christ will be just around the corner. And thank and you. We'll have wonder. Where where is that going? Oh, I'm not happy sure, start of school to all of you. We'll keep you all in prayer, especially those of you who are in the teaching profession. Thank you. Yes. All right. I'm sorry for interrupting you no, with that, you but it's uh, <laughs> That's not quite all right. <laughs> actually, anyway, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I, I knew just that. <laughs> I'll ask for your forgiveness later. And you are forgiven. Thank indeed. you. All, all right. right. On to other things. The Volunteer Center of the United Ways Linda Hand List this week: Color the Skies. Now this is different. The fifth annual Color the Skies Hot Air Balloon. We've got a lot of mm. <laughs> hot All right. air. Anyway, Easy. we won't go All there right. either, will we? It takes off Saturday, September 4th, and Sunday, September 5th at the Mislin Sports Park in Ripon. This festive Labor Day weekend event is packed with family-oriented activities from hot air balloons with tethered rides 
a scrumptious pancake breakfast. Ooh, I'm there. Patriot jet team skydiving and uh, kite flying exhibitions, the one mile 5K and children's fun run. All proceeds will benefit the Children's Hospital Central California. Volunteers, that's where we come in, of all ages are needed on both days to assist with activities, supervise bungee bounce house Sounds fun, doesn't it? Direct attendees and help coordinate activity lines, sell tickets, all those fun kind of things. You ever been there to the Michelin Sports Park? I haven't. Have you? Oh, yes. It's awesome, isn't it? It is. It is absolutely uh, wonderful off off a river road there. uh, Like I would know Just off of, is it Jack Tone there? Uh, Jack Tone Road. The last time I was there, we almost set the place on fire. It was Uh a wonderful thing. I know there's a (laughs) story. No, really. Can was, we tell? I, them? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's. I think the statute of limitations are gone okay. now Go on that. Ahead. But uh, yeah, what happened was we we had a, a bunch of junior hires, and they were having a science experiment on building their own rockets. You ever done model rockets? I mean, the, how cool <laughs> is that, right? <laughs> Women in here are going, man. Is it a, uh, He's a former here. fireman, guys. Yeah, okay, when, so he can do this. Yeah, stuff. there's not a pathology here. It's just it's a fun thing <laughs> yes, to do. There so is. anyway, <laughs> so the, they were, yeah, they were building these these rockets, right? And, and my daughter was one of them, and it was absolutely amazing because they learned to build like three stages on the rocket to learn how the real rockets went out. Cool. And they actually set them off at this park. Well, my daughter and and her friend. Built a rocket. Unfortunately, you know, traditionally rockets go vertical, and and there's one horizontal, oh, and right. almost killed a lady that was oh, standing. No. Was, and we went <laughs> sideways <laughs> like this, and uh, and and then we started to see. You know, we didn't know where it landed until we saw the smoke plume. You know, coming out of and ripping police responded and the fire. They don't allow us to set those off there anymore. They but it was don't a sure, allow you and rip it. This, well, no, they check me at the border, actually. And don't let that pastor in here anymore. So but, I guess uh, so. but it's safe now. We're not setting rockets off anymore. Yeah. So we encourage you to be, to be part of that. I, I think yeah. our volunteers might be safe at this event. So anyway, if you're interested in helping out with the uh, fifth annual Color the Skies Hot Air Balloon Festival in Ripon, we encourage you to uh, go out there, and we can assure you that Pastor Mike probably won't be there. With, with rockets. <laughs> with no, rockets. No, not anymore. Sideways, no. and that would be a good thing. Yeah. Check this out. Rosie's Journey of Hope Therapeutic Writing. Remember the movie The Horse Whisperer? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> sound effects from Mr. Al. Bring a sense of freedom to mentally or physically disabled children, and you can do that by volunteering to be sidewalkers. Ages 16 years and up are needed to help young writers with therapeutic writing activities. I think this is great. Leader volunteer positions to control the horses during lessons are also available for adults with strong background in horsemanship. Sessions are available Mondays at 5.30 p.m. and Sundays between 11 and 5 p.m. Additional volunteer opportunities, including horse grooming, clerical duties, fundraising, cleanup days uh, are available for youth and adult, including horse grooming and all those uh, fun kind of things. Uh, uh, Rosie's Journey of Hope Therapeutic Writing is a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing uh, uh, assisted therapeutic and recreational writing activities to children and adults with disabilities in order to promote their physical, uh, physiological, and social well-being. We believe that Rosie's Journey of Hope will be where miracles take place with each stride of a horse. I think this would be such 
a fun, encouraging thing to be involved with. We thoroughly uh, endorse this. And they've had really had wonderful success mm-hmm. yes. uh, with, with that as a, as a as a you know method of therapy. Mm-hmm. Of course, you Boy, put ministry. me on a horse, and the horse needs therapy, but that's a different so, story. For yeah. horses, Stanislaw County Behavioral Health and Recovery Services provide transportation for seniors to mental health services. Volunteers are needed there to transport mental health co- uh, consumers ages 55 and older to and from their homes uh, for their scheduled group sessions at BHRS Senior Access Teams. If you're interested in this, you must be at least 18 years of age, have personal experience with mental health recovery, you must have a valid California driver's license, provide DMV printout, complete the county's four-hour defensive driver's training, and pass a background check. Uh, The Stanislaw County BHRS Senior Access Treatment Team provides case management, mental health rehabilitation services, and medication support services for older adults. And once again, if you have any questions, Barbara Borba is the lady to contact here, 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, Barbara Borba at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email Barbara, bborba at uastan.org. We have some AVC stuff to pass along. We need your donated items for people uh, who have needs. We have a 70-year-old resident on the west side needing a refrigerator. Lots of refrigerator needs right now. Our friends at the Corner of Hope referred her to us. Uh, We have several people in need of wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. One Modesto woman is not only an amputee. In addition, she also deals with the disease of lupus. We have a a close friend who has lupus also. If you have a wheelchair, maybe let us know about that. Lots of grandparents raising grandchildren, and we have one such family needing help with beds, a kitchen table, and dressers. Give us a call. If you can help out, we can be reached at 209-544-9571. And just a reminder, friends, coming up on September 11th, uh, we're going to be doing this uh, again, did it in 2009 twice, and that is the Airport Neighborhood Cleanup Service Day. We were out there in uh, May and September of 2009, mm-hmm. and in May we um, volunteers from local churches collected uh, about 22 tons of debris out of alleyways in the airport neighborhood. That's a lot of stuff. This, that's a lot of <laughs> stuff. And coming back on uh, in September of 2009, we took 36.8 tons of stuff out of the alleyways. Great blessing to the people there. And this year, uh, again, we're par- partnering with the city of Modesto and Stanislaus County and also Healthy Start, which mm-hmm. is uh, located yes. there at Orville, Orville Wright School. I almost blew Orville, or, Orville <laughs> Wright School. Yeah, yeah, some radio guy I am. Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, sure. if you, we would love for you to participate. In fact, uh, your church or group can adopt a sector. We have it divided up into 14 sectors. And so you can find out what your sector is ahead of time. Uh, go a couple weeks ahead of time. Take a look at the particular area that you're going to be cleaning up. Have a good idea of what you need to do there. Just give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. We'll be happy to assign you an area. Again, that'll be September 11. Our briefing time, uh, our staging time, will be 8.30 in the morning at Orville Wright School. That's been confirmed. And then we're done uh, around noon so that you can have the rest of your Saturday free. You know, friends, when we learned of our first guest tonight, we said this is such a God connection. 
and uh, Erica Custodio. Uh, am I saying that right, yes. Erica? When we uh, we just uh, your story took place here in our area, and we just uh, are so thrilled and and pleased or blessed to have you here tonight to share your story with us. And excited at the same time, you and your uh, wonderful husband, Matthew, here, your brother, Eric, is here, and Pam Fairchild here with us, because Eric and Pam are from uh, the University of Phoenix, and, and we're going to be bringing them in as well a little bit later on here. But Erica, um, we just want to thank you for carving out a piece of your evening with us uh, to let us know what happened to you just a few short years ago, uh, tell us um, what God has done uh, uh, and used uh, what happened to you and where he has you today, uh, and just share with the world, because actually, uh, people, we have friends around the world listening tonight, and thank you, sweet sister, for uh, agreeing to come in and share your testimony as to what took place. What was it, three years ago? Three years you ago. You were working. And, uh, yes. So go ahead. Well, thank you guys for having us here, Pastor Mike, and also my beautiful sister. Thank you guys so much. It's a privilege and an opportunity to be able to share my testimony and to reach and touch others through my testimony. Um, like you said earlier, Pastor Mike, we all go through trials. Everyone goes through trials, and at times trials cannot be easy. I mean, it's not easy going through a trial and a tribulation, but um, with my story, um, about three years ago, I worked at Hershey Company, and uh, I worked graveyard. And I went into work cleaning a machine, and a young man had, uh, without thinking, accidentally turned my machine on, or he turned my panel on uh, without thinking. Probably he thought it wasn't going to turn on because it's a whole different other story, but turned my panel on, and it actually amputated my left arm above the elbow. Um, I do have a cosmetic arm. This is what you guys see here. Um, at that time, when it had happened, I felt a stinging sensation shooting right up into my bones, and I had no idea what had happened. Um, you know, and I and I love the Lord. I love the Lord with all of my heart. And so, when you're doing something, you're you're doing it onto the Lord, not onto man, but onto the Lord, one hundred percent. Well, when I felt a, a stinging sensation that just shooted up into my bones and I heard a loud noise, I pulled back and I had no idea what had happened. Uh, you know, I looked over at the young man and he looked fine to me. So I figured, okay, well, he looks fine. Nothing had happened. Then all of a sudden it hit me. What was that loud noise that I heard? Where did that stinging sensation come from? And I said, oh God, my arm was inside of that machine. And I said, please, Lord, let it be in my fingers or my wrist. I could live without. So when I went ahead and I lifted up my left arm, all I could see was just the ground. And at this point, I was down on my knees. I had to do a double take. So I lifted up my left arm again, and I looked, and it was just the ground. So I had to look at my right arm to make sure what I was seeing was right. And then I realized it was reality. I was so hoping that I would wake up to a nightmare or it was just a bad dream. But I realized it was real, what had happened to me. And so at that moment, I realized um, that I have no arm. 
and that I was going to be left with one arm only. Um, at that moment, when I was down on my knees, I heard, I, I literally heard the enemy laughing in my ear and telling me, where's your God now? Ha 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 ha. Where's your God now? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? All this is going on at the same time. And then all of a sudden anger creeped into my heart because I realized he did it. He did it. You know, without thinking he did it. He touched my machine. So anger creeped into my heart and, um, pastor, I seriously was going to get up and punch him in his face. That's what I did. I got up. I stood up. I went to face him. And then all of a sudden, God is so good because from that anger inside of my heart, God all of a sudden instantly turned that anger into love and forgiveness and it switched really quick. Mm-hmm. And that was only God because it wasn't me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when that young man turned around, he didn't see no anger on my face expression. Mm-hmm. He just saw, um, just a, just me looking at him, uh, in, in a shocking way, but, but totally calm. And when I looked at him, uh, he started crying and he actually reminded me of my younger, my baby brother, Eric, and he just started crying. So I just put my right arm out and reached out. I gave him a hug and I told him that it would be okay. And the reason why I, I did that at that time that God switched it right when God switched my heart from anger to love, I realized instantly right then and there that I would be okay. I'm going to be fine, even though this is going to be permanent and I lost my arm, but I'm going to be fine because I got Jesus. And as for this young man, um, he doesn't have that relationship with Jesus Christ the way that I do. So I know that God, I knew that God was going to help see me through the next chapter of my life. And sure enough, he did. Uh, when I turned around, the young man left, he took off running. I thought he got scared of me. <laughs> I thought, I thought he got scared when he see me, but he actually took off running to call for some help. But at that moment I was left, um, at that, um, we call it the P deck. I, I was left up there by myself or it was a deck. I can't remember. And that's been three years ago. Um, I was left by myself and all of a sudden I, I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how, what should I say? What should I do? But when I, um, turned to my right hand side, I, I saw my arm laying in the machine and, um, I walked over to go pick up my arm and I saw angels. I literally saw big angels just standing in a straight line, but with their heads down. But I felt the peace of God all over and that environment where I was at and I was by myself. I was up there for a while and I saw big angels with the peat and they had their head down. And as I was walking by them going towards my arm, I was thinking to myself, why do they have their heads down? Why do they have their heads down? Why aren't they doing anything? Um, but anyhow, I went ahead and I picked up my arm and I prayed to God. I had prayed to God to please let the pain go away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had prayed to God for, for strength. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, when I had prayed to God, I didn't pray for God to let the pain go away. I had prayed to God to ask him to give me strength to move on to the next chapter of my life because I knew this was going to be for the rest of my life. Then I stood up and I walked myself downstairs and I just waited for help. And sure enough, a a great friend of mine, Robert Moriarty came to to save my life. He was a supervisor at Hershey's. Um, when I did get to the hospital, I only had, uh, 15, 15% to live about 15% to live because I had lost so much blood. 
Um, but God is so good. He did spare my life because when I had prayed, you know, for God to give me his strength, they did an investigation and they said, Erica, we followed your trails and we saw where the blood went. But for some reason, when you walked down the stairs, there was no drop of blood as you're walking down the stairs. So it closed up and it healed up really quickly. Wow. You know, it strikes me we can take that admonition to walk by the Spirit, again, somewhat academically, but uh, you were living that out in an incredible way. And uh, it's interesting uh, to me that you say that there was almost an instantaneous switch from from anger yes. to uh, yeah. God just, uh, just taking amazing. over and, and uh, making this a whole different scenario incredible. for you. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Now, Matthew, uh, right, you're what, getting ready for work or your home or something, right, when when this goes down? Wasn't uh, this overnight? Was it an overnight? Well, what happened was um, we had um, a guy called 2 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and it was... Way early, I'm not used to getting calls that early, and I looked at the number. I didn't recognize the number, and I didn't answer. It left a voicemail, and then I I picked it up, and I was thinking to myself, who would call me, two o'clock in the morning? So I listened to my my voicemail, and they they said, this is doctor's hospital. Your wife had a major accident, and you need to get here right away. So I started to drive. I was, I had no idea what would happen or anything. So I'm driving there as fast as I could, just be concerned about my, about my wife because I love her so much. And as I'm driving, I'm trying to call family, and I didn't have the courage to call my mom and dad through marriage. It was just kind of hard to call them. So the first person I called was my brother-in-law, Pastor Eric, and I talked to him on the phone, and I asked if he could make the phone call and everything. And I said, Eric is in the hospital. I'm going down there right now. So I get to the hospital, and, and um, when I walk in, I see two of Erica's coworkers, and I had a very intense look on my face because I'm trying to get to my wife. And one of the coworkers, the one that actually saved my wife's life, Robert, he um, saw me. He actually confessed later that he thought I was going to take a swing at him because he saw that I had a tense look, and he was afraid that I, I, when I heard the news that I would get very angry. So he was very careful when he chose his words, and he said that you're – Wife had an accident, and she's with the doctors now. I walk in um, where my wife is, and I didn't know what to expect. And I look down, I see my wife lying on the bed, and she smiles at me. And when she smiles at me, my, my heart just melted. It was, it was just amazing just looking at my wife and going, everything's okay. And she looked at me, and she said, Honey, I lost my arm. Can you still love me? And I looked my wife in the eyes. I said, sweetheart, my heart will always beat the same. Well, about that time, what they did is they, they wanted to do everything they could to ch- save my wife's arm. So they tried to fly her to San Francisco thinking that they might be able to have um, better luck and able to save her arm. So they fly her. I um, talked to Pastor Eric, and I, we, he follows me to our apartment that we had at the time. And I started gathering my uh, belongings and her belongings, and um, I asked Pastor Eric if he could drive because I was in no condition to drive at the time. So we're driving to San Francisco. We get to San Francisco, and we're in the waiting room, and we're just talking to among each other, and then our, our in-laws, or my in-laws arrive at the hospital, and um, we're talking, and the doctor's coming. He brings us into the other room, and then he tells us the one thing we didn't want to hear, and we were praying the whole time, God, save my wife's arm, save my wife's arm. But they said the one thing we didn't want to hear 
and that was your wife's arms not salvageable. There's nothing we could do. At that point, um, I look at the family and I go, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to be here until I get my wife home. And then from that point on, it's just our, our life was completely changed. You know, you um, you bring up an interesting point here because when we're going through the fire, we often pray for relief and we pray in, in one direction. God always answers, but not always the way that, that we had intended. But he always answers. He always hears us. And, uh, you know, we can look back and say, wow, you know, that makes sense now. I can connect the dots. But it's very hard sometimes in the, in yeah. the, uh, in the immediacy of the moment to really understand what he's doing. I want to go back just very carefully, and we're going to hit a break here in just a minute. You'd mentioned that, that you had seen kind of a, a, visual, a visual image yes. of, of angels with angels. their heads down. Didn't quite complete that thought. Why do you think they had their heads down? You know, Pastor Mike, when I this all made sense to me. When I was in a hospital, uh, I woke up uh, at 4 in the morning in a hospital, and um, they flew me down to San Francisco, so I was in a deep sleep. And um, when I woke up, I seriously thought in my heart this was going to be the loneliest time of my life mm. that I would have to go through without mm. feeling God's mm. presence. Mm. I thought he had left my side just for a little bit, and I thought I would have to go through this trial alone. Well, when I woke up in the hospital, I saw the presence of God or an image of, of, of the Lord standing at the end of my bed waiting for me to wake up. Mm. And uh, um, he felt the hurt that I was feeling in the inside. And... Um, then he asked me the question, Erica, do you love me? And I said in my mind, Lord, why, why, why is this going on? I I'm thinking about my arm. I was literally hurt. My heart, I had no heart. Mm. It was shattered. Mm. Then he asked me again, Erica, do you love me? And I said, God, yes, Lord. I, I, yes, God, I love you. But I went back to my arm. And then he asked me again the third time, Erica, do you love me? And I said, yes, God. And I stopped and I realized, I said, God, I love you. I love you, God. I love you, God, no matter what I may go through in life. I will always love you, and God, and I will always serve you, no matter what I may go through. Then that very moment, I slept like a baby as if he held me in his arms, and I woke up with so much peace in my heart. When I when I came back from the hospital, the Lord revealed to me what all that meant. Uh, when he asked me, do I love him, he reminded me of the, he told me to open up my, my Bible to Matthew, and he asked Peter three times, Peter, yes. do you love yes. me? Right. And then with the angels, I said, well, Lord, what was the, uh, keep in mind, the enemy laughed at me. The enemy comes to still kill and to destroy, and the enemy is real. Mm-hmm. Well, when I saw the angels, and I wondered why they had their head down, what, what it reminded me of when Jesus was on the cross, mm-hmm. he could have called his angels, mm-hmm. and they could have came and rescued him, but I'm sure... His father was, was, you know, standing there with his head down, and so were the angels as well. And um, I believe it was just a trial that I had to go through in my life uh, because what the enemy meant for evil, my God is going to turn it around and use it for his glory. Amen. Yes, yes, absolutely, Amen. absolutely. Wow. Oh, Erica, and the mercy that you showed to the young man who turned that machine on. Matthew is just so full of wonderful yeah. verses, and I think the Beatitudes, where it says, "Blessed are are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy." Yeah. And you did that, yeah, Sweet just sister. That one really so quick thing: it, it wasn't just the the young man's fault; it was um, it was an accident. Um, the company was actually found at fault for not having the right procedures, so I, I could have had bitterness towards everybody, but. 
that's not the kind of God that we serve. We serve a forgiving God, a loving God. And I'll tell you one thing, when anybody's hurt and they're going through some things, have forgiveness in your heart because uh, you can't walk around. You can't live life if you have anger and full of bitterness inside of your heart. You can't live free. Um, but just do what God tells you to do and you'll walk around in victory because that's what we got is the victory. Oh, what a great message for tonight. Well, we're going to be back with uh, lots more with uh, Erica and the rest of our, our wonderful guests. Uh, tonight, Nicole C. Mullen is back on Lighthouse Live as our musical guest, recapturing in song the woman who, who touched the Lord's garment and was made whole. Doesn't just don't we just love that story? Uh, here she is with one touch press on Lighthouse Live, and we will be back. Been ostracized for 12 years. I'm used to being alone, spend everything I had, and now it's gone. I'm used to being.
Nicole C. Mullen. Just one touch press here on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our wonderful guest. We have Eric and her husband, Matthew, and Pam and Eric from the University of Phoenix with us tonight. And just one touch from our Lord Jesus is all it took. We want to talk a little bit with uh, Eric and uh, Pam here in just a minute. Um, and uh, er- Eric's a veteran here at Lighthouse. Yes, he Live. is. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, I think, Eric, that uh, that you were with us with, with another wonderful brother. Before we leave, uh, Eric, though, a, a couple of things. First of all, you, we were talking about uh, how, how God deals with bitterness and issues of forgiveness. And uh, often there's there's an extreme timeline, you know, for for many people with that. Seems like, man, God just like touched your heart, and it was almost like an instantaneous, bam. This is this is how I'm going to see this through God's eyes. Yes, yes. You're you're talking about bitterness. Um, you know, Pastor Mike, I can't live that lifestyle. Is mm-hmm. to have bitterness in my heart because I I know what the word says. Um, I, we can't lean on our own understanding, but only on his mm-hmm. and his word says to love and to forgive and to persevere. And the only way we could persevere is to have forgiveness in our hearts. Uh, the enemy comes to still kill and to destroy and the enemy. If we have unforgiveness in our heart and bitterness, the enemy wants us, wants to shut us up. But see, I can't do that <laughs> because greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And I'm in love with my God so much that. It's all about him and not about me. But when you just said that, I, I have this poem that I wrote three months ago, oh, and sure. it talks about that. Please. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of people that hold bitterness in their heart because of things that has happened to them in the past. Um, and then they stay in that boat. But you have to get out of that boat. You have to get out and you have to go forward because you're just wasting your time. You're letting time uh, slow you down. But this is called Lonely Tears. And I wrote this three months after my accident. And uh, don't get me wrong, because crying is healing to the soul. But there's a different when, there's a difference when you just stop right there. You just got to move forward. But sometimes enough is enough. This is called Lonely Tears, written three months after my accident. Lonely Tears, I cry, but I can't keep reminiscing. Time is ticking, and I'm allowing every minute to pass me on by. Time is being wasted as I dwell on the past. Every minute I have to spend with my Lord. What a fool I am. I'm letting every minute slip through my fingers for every minute as precious in his eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me as I sit and dwell on the past and watching TV and doing other wasted things to get my mind off of things. What a waste of time. Although these lonely tears I cry, they should be put to rest and I should be able to rest in you. Oh, Lord, my God, by me being in my own little world, I'm pushing you away and allowing my mind to be weary again. As my weariness gets the best of me, I realize I'm making you second and not first. Oh, what a waste of time. When I should be spending it all with you. For you, my Lord, is a jealous God. Help me, Lord, to be effective for your kingdom and to draw nigh unto you. Help me to be more productive for you. As far as these lonely tears... Well, I know better that I can cry out to you and cast all cares onto your feet. I love you, Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. How beautiful. Thank you, know, you for sharing that. Strikes me here the the allegory here. I mean, <gasps> the body of Christ. Enemies always looking to take out a body part, isn't he? Yes, yes. In the body of Christ, oh, as we're goodness, working together yes. in a community, he's always looking. 
to to take somebody out and and you really kind of symbolized the body of Christ at that yes. time and and the enemy tried to take a body part out but in the end, God was glorified. Yes. God's yes. being glorified yes. right now. As, he as messed with the wrong person. Well, Eric, uh, this is this is your sister, oh. and uh, man, brother, what what was going on in your mind oh, through this, and, and what has God done done in you through uh, through this whole story? Well, first of all, I want to say it's an honor, a privilege to be here today, and actually, this is um, she she has an interview. She's ha- had interviews on television, but this is actually the first radio um, broadcast mm-hmm. and so it's an honor to be able to sit here three years later mm-hmm. to be able to reflect and think about what God has done and truly what the enemy has meant for bad God has turned around and used it, used it for his glory and be, before the accident let me just go back just a little bit we we had a, we, we have a ministry where we would do martial arts and feats of strength and motivational speaking within the schools and churches and youth groups and my sister, she's a very powerful woman of God, even before the accident. Mm. But honestly, I think the enemy made a major mistake because what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn around and use it for his glory. Right. And lives have been impacted even more mm. because of her testimony. And guess what? She still does martial arts. She still breaks bricks right. and boards. That's why I'm sitting at the other end of the table. <laughs> I don't want to tick her off over here. So I'm, I'm, I'm a safe distance away. You just stay put. <laughs> Let's wrap that I'm sorry, but to, just to wrap that all up, um, the scripture that comes to my mind is Philippians 4.13, which mm. says, I can do all things through yeah. Christ who strengthens me. Amen. The doctors, the nurses, they told my sister, you're not able to do those things that you used to do. Mm. And I say, watch. My God move. <laughs> and he's done, he's done a beautiful job. And, um, I mean, from a brother's point of view, um, we were hurt. We were devastated. And I, I don't know where we would be without Christ. Mm. My mom. I remember one time in the hospital, she asked the doctor, doctor, is there any way that I can give my arm for my, for my daughter? Wow. Mm. And I just reflect upon, you know, unconditional love from my mom's point of view. My dad, he's a man of very few words, but he, his heart was broke. Mm-hmm. And my, my, <clears throat> my older sister, to see my sister that I love so much, go through this. Mm. But one thing I stand upon is the rock, Jesus Christ. And um, my sister's an example to me way before the accident. And um, there's healing when you talk about it because even from a brother's point of view, um, I never really would share my feelings. Mm-hmm. I would always try to keep it inside and um, to be strong. But I thank God that he will see us through anything that this world has to offer. Um, just yesterday we went to a, a church service and there was a pastor by the name of Steve Dabbs from Reading. And he spoke about the destination that God has for each and every one of us and the purpose. But during that destination and purpose, there's a process. Yeah. And it's all about that process that we have to go through and um, and that journey. But um, this has been a beautiful journey, and I'm just grateful to be her, my sister's brother and also just to be part of her life. No yes. one ever said it was going to be easy. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful... I love, love my sis. Yes, love yes, you, you can see that. I wish our listeners all over the world could be in this room with us tonight. Well, in a way they are, but I wish they could really be here physically with us right now and see Touch the them. glory of the Lord shining through all of you, really. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I was just thinking while you were reading that poem, Erica, yeah. that you know, when we get to heaven, maybe we could ask James if it'd be okay to append that to his letter. Because <laughs> it fits. It really is. This could be James 2, you know. Uh, and I'm looking right at the beginning, you know, and, and, and you all know this very well. 
uh, after James introduces himself, the, the um, half-brother of Christ, he says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And, you know, God, as, and I wish you all were here in the room, you know, because what a beautiful woman. Oh, oh, you know, God's, God's creation Inside over here and, and, out. and doggone the enemy, you know, for, for trying to attack you. But what a wonderful thing God is doing through yes. that. Yes. And what a wonderful story that he gets to tell. And, and he ultimately is, is glorified through that. And I'm thinking, uh, Eric, man, how do we get through this stuff without the Lord? How you, you can't approach that kind of bitterness. You can't approach that concept of forgiveness without a living Christ inside. I don't think it's humanly possible. How do we handle that without the Lord? Well, there is no way to handle it without Amen. the Lord. That's right. I mean, there's so many things going on in today's world. And I, I mean, my sister's accident is just one thing that happened. But there's so many other things that go into play with her story and, and just this world in general. But I honestly believe in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to lean not unto your own understanding in all of your ways, even in the messed up situations. Mm. Lean on him because we can't do it on our own. And that is the hope that we share. It's. It's we we my sister says she can face tomorrow because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And that is period. There is no other way. And um, that is the hope that we have. And, 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 and it's the scriptures that holds us together. And Jeremiah 29, 11, it says that he created us with a purpose and a plan and a future, not, not plans to harm us. Right. So that is what we stand upon. And if there's anyone out there that's listening right now, I encourage you to heed to the word of God because that brings you peace in, in, in this unstable world. Because honestly, we believe and we understand the word of God. And th- this life is temporal. Mm-hmm. But we thank God that we have him because he is... Not temporal. He is permanent. He is the rock that's immovable. So to answer your question, Pastor Mike, I don't know. But the only way I know is through Jesus. Let me just put it this way. The answer is Jesus. Now, what's the question? I love that. You know, guys, when he tells us he knows what we're going through, he really does. No matter what that is. We want to thank each and every one of you, Eric and Pam, from the University of Phoenix, you have truly blessed us. Had we not known Eric, we would not, chances are, Mm. uh, have been connected with your sister Erica and this beautiful story with this testimony that we have just shared with friends around the world. Pam Fairchild, Pam, move up to the microphone. We want to thank you worldwide for all you have meant to advancing vibrant communities, this community here. Um, you guys, you, Eric, and a host of other Phoenix friends have just served your socks off, mm-hmm. your hearts out here with us, and we thank you. We thank Amanda and all of the teachers at the university for allowing us to be blessed and the, the community here by 
um, sharing you guys with us. We just can't sing your praises enough. We sing the Lord's praises, but we just enjoy the partnership and the fellowship because it's not just about serving hours and community hours and all that stuff. It is that, but it is so much more. Thank you guys for being a part of AVC. One of the great yeah. privileges that we have here at ABC is, mm-hmm. is uh, Pam and, and Eric. You have, uh, uh, through the University of Phoenix, an obligation as part of your studies to put in a certain amount of hours of, uh, of volunteer time. And uh, we're, we're privileged to be able to, yes. to provide some of those hours. And, and you know, it, it's not we're, we're the ones getting blessed. I mean, it is just wonderful to partner uh, with you. But tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences as, as you've been uh, – volunteering and and uh, what that's meant to you and how how you see that playing into your future experiences have been positive and it's not just rewarding for you guys it is for us as well Mm. we get in our hours sure we get in our we meet our competencies we do that but it's um one of the elderly ladies that have or elderly clients that i've been able to work with it's just one of the things she asked for was prayer, mm-hmm. somebody to pray with her. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of hesitant because I teach little kids how to pray. I've never prayed mm-hmm. with an older person like that. So I was intimidated oh. because she's older and wiser. <laughs> but it's been yeah. so such a good blessing, good thing. And it's good to watch this client. It's amazing her how the life has turned around. She was sad and depressed. And now every week we visit with her. Mm-hmm. And... Her whole life is turned around. You now go to the door, and she's happy, and she's up doing things, wanting to get out and do things. It's just, and it's, it's not just the visiting; it's the prayer, it's all the other stuff that goes into it that makes it happen. It's relationship, isn't it? Pam doesn't hesitate when I've shared a need for someone to go out and do an assessment, what we call to triage a need. She jumps right in there, not only her, but all of her children. She has several (laughs) children, she and her husband, and a big van that they ride in, and uh, she includes her family. Her children get to watch her as she serves, and we realize how important that is. And she just jumps right in there. Like I always say, they take the ball and they run with it. They go for the goal. And it's just an encouragement to us here uh, in the ministry how you serve so wholeheartedly. And Eric as well. They were with us uh, recently, just this past week on National Night Out. Pam and her husband were there. First ones there at the park, setting up tables, greeting people, handing out emergency preparedness literature for LECC, which is the Latino Emergency Communications Council, and attending meetings and just going for it with gusto and and just uh, wholeheartedly. So we thank you. We thank you. Eric, I think one of the problems with a lot of ministry in, in America today is we, we tend to be a little bit inward focused. A lot of it takes place inside the four walls. And, uh, you know, we're, we're here because we want to get believers outside the four walls of their homes and churches into the community, uh, to serve. And part of that is being willing to work with what we would call secular, uh, institutions. 
University of Phoenix is a is a perfect ex- perfect example, you know. And by the way, friends, we get no money from the University of Phoenix. Wanna, okay, there's, uh, you know, there's it's only pure motivation here. We just love you guys. We love you, and yeah. we love the opportunity to partner. But you know, maybe from your uh, perspective, both as as a pastor and and as a student and uh, as uh, as as a member of of the community, Eric, talk a little bit about the importance of. Uh, the Christian community being willing to partner uh, outside, being, you know, not being in the world, but not of it, but, you know, being willing to link arms and say, well, let's show our light this way by helping some folks. Definitely. That's a, that's a really good question. One of the things I reflect about is, 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 is the word of God. And it says that they know we are Christians by our love. And someone said on, I believe I heard this on a TV station one time. They said, if you're going to share the gospel, um, if necessary, use words. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. through your actions, and I really believe that while while partnering up with different agencies, whether they're Christians or not, um, it's very important to, to to let them know that as Christians we have have character, we have um, perseverance and patience and kindness and love, and in today's world you don't see a lot of those characteristics. That's right. um, so it's all about letting our light shine. And, and, and being different, being the Bible calls us um, peculiar. Yeah. And, and I really believe that as we are partnering up or working side by side with other agencies or, or different groups, they're going to know there's something different about you because of the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the way you smile. Um, they know that you're, you know, you're letting your light shine. And I really believe partnering up with different agencies will be able to be a witness to them as well. Erica, we are running out of time almost. We have a couple of minutes left here, but um, what encouragement would you give to people who have gone through major ordeals and are dealing with the bitterness, perhaps, and are storing some of that inside? What words of wisdom and what encouragement would you share with them this evening? Um, To really just... um let go of any bitterness inside of your heart. Forgive, love, and um, if you're hurting, Jesus is the answer. Learn to cast all of your cares onto him and give it over to him and surrender all to him um, because there's no way you could do it on your own. I, I At one point, this happened overnight when I came back from the hospital a few days afterwards. I read my word, and it says, I said, Lord, your word says to lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. I'm laying hands on my arm and Lord, you're not doing anything. Mm. So I decided, okay, God, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. That's it. I'm not going to read my word anymore because nothing is happening. So I walked away and I went to bed. Then all of a sudden it hit me. What am I doing? What am I thinking of? Because there is no way I can make it without Jesus in my life. I need him in the midst of my storm. So everyone that's going through a trial right now and they're hurting, you need Jesus in the midst of your storm. And for you to give up, you'd be a fool. Just like me, if I would have gave up, I'd be a fool. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Hang on. A- amen to that. And Matthew, any words of wisdom as a, as a husband and uh, going through this trauma? What What words of wisdom do you have for us guys, on how to go through it with our wives. I think one thing that I would like to share is, uh, I don't know how many minutes we got, we'll make this real quick, yeah. but um, 
a lot of time we get this image that we have to be strong and we got to be mighty men. And when I, my wife had her inju- injury. I tried to be the Superman. And I was, my wife saw right through that. And when I was able to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. I was able to spe- spend a special moment with my wife. And I think the vulnerability, being able to be a real person in the midst of uh, problems is very um, dear and very important. Because you have another thing I'd like to say is you, you got a choice to get bitter or better. And I think choosing better is a lot better. <laughs> that was so well, cool. You, you just did about a 16-week course in 60 yes, seconds. Yes. Yeah, that, that was, that was you pretty awesome. You are full awesome. of wisdom, my friend. And you guys were just married about, what, a year when this happened? Yeah. Celebrating a year's anniversary? Oh, my goodness. It's 17 years of stalking, though. Christians, I was a Christian stalker, so. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you both. Yeah. My goodness. I think they should do seminars and things like that, write books and movies, don't you think, Pastor Mike? Mm, that would awesome. be so cool. Eric, do you have any uh, words to uh, share with our very, very quick? Yeah, just real quick. I just want to say um, the name of our ministry is called Team Endure. All right. And um, that's what we're doing. We're enduring and uh, never give up no matter what happens. All right. Always endure. Thank you so much, Pam, Eric. Matthew and beautiful Erica, thank you so much for sharing your evening with us. Dear friends, thank you for listening and sharing your evening with us as well. May God bless you, and until next time, good night.